Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Wildcast. Um, Tom and I had a week off last week, mainly because, you know, midweek road games and friends' weddings kind of took priority over the latest episode. However, we're back. We've got kind of like a bookend almost. We've got two really good things to talk about and one pretty brutal game in the middle. Um I'm going to leave that one to Tom because, well, he went. Um, Tom, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It feels like this week I'm the one who went to the to the away game and gets to talk about it. The, the last couple of times we've had that, it's been yours. Yeah. To talk about the um, away game where only one of us have been there. So, yeah, no. Maybe next week's episode we'll both record it on the bus on the way back from Hull because we'll, well, we'll have the time to. I was going to say, we'll have you know, five hours on the bus. So, yeah, why not? Um, See what happens there. But yeah, no, like as you say, I think that's a good way of putting it. A, um, you know, two good games with a not so good one in the middle. So, so should we start with one of the good ones? Yeah, let's let's go back. Uh, let's go back a week and a bit to uh, to Milton Keynes. Um, eventful game, as the world of social media has taken off afterwards. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, Cats win, arguably. I say arguably. I personally thought it was completely accurate when I say it. Um, probably not deserved but yes yeah wins a win and you if you score more than the other team then there's an element you said it deserves to win yeah not deserved in terms of the balance of play but ultimately ultimately probably our best win of the season just because of that it you felt know, like the most important win of the year, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, particularly when you were three 0 we were three 0 down, kind of fifteen minutes in, and it kind of felt like that game could have got out of hand. Um, but we did a really good job of settling that, and we got the goal late in the first, which was important, and early in the second, and it kind of pulled the game back together. Even when Milton Keynes scored again, it was only a two goal game, and then just a really, really gritty performance took advantages of penalties as has been mentioned like i said we're not going to go into the kind of detail of that but yeah took advantage of power play opportunities and pulled the game back in the third and yeah i think it was just a really battling display you know we yeah we relied on ready to bail us out a lot and i think both coaches after the game both aaron nell and tim wallace kind of alluded to the fact that ready was the best player on the ice um, for big periods but you need your goalie to do that sometimes. And yeah, I thought the team just battled really well. And yeah, like I say, took their opportunities when they came. And then yeah, got the um got the break in overtime and you know, bury the bury the chance around the net. Yeah, I mean I remember talking to Aaron after the game and again he was like you just said there, he was completely accurate. There there were two things that won us that game. Uh it was Rennie Ma and uh the Wildcats power play. Um those were the the best things uh, the best performances from both all season, I thought. Uh, the best power play game we've had, and certainly the best net mining performance we had. Um, I'm I'm not going to get into it. The overtime one, obviously, a penalty goal, a penalty goal, power play goal to win the game. Uh, really nice move. Um, a perfect kind of execution when you have got that extra man on a massive ice pad in overtime. I thought Russ Cowley's goal was superb. Um, as was Balint Pocosides, which at the time we didn't really know much of, and with the hindsight of the uh, the replays, my God, what a goal that was! Yeah, well, like I say, the re- as you say, we didn't know much of it. You saw it, I didn't because I was 
um, not looking the right direction at the time. You know, keep, they say keep your eyes. They keep your eyes on the puck at all times, and the puck was down the other end of the ice, and I wasn't. Um, in I fairness, was, I think I'll take blame for that. I think I was talking to you. And yeah, you, you were talking to me. Well, as you turned to look at me and answer whatever I was asking you, I then looked up to see Bally just lift the puck in. Yeah, I think we were talking shot counts. Um, I think they just announced a shot count, and we were just trying to work out what had been said. And I don't. Yeah, like I say, it's a really nice goal. Um, certainly an early contender for goal of the season. Um, just yeah, really good move. Beats a couple of demon, and then and then Jordan Headley and. Yeah, isn't it? We know it's. There's been bits of there's been talk of it, and we know that's what Barry can bring. You know, he is a, you know, hardworking player, but he's also a skilled player. And it was yeah, it was a really well taken goal, as you say as well. Thomas Malazinski's overtime winner. A four or three power play on that big ice pad. You've got to take chance, take your chance there. Um, with the with the amount of skill in that MK lineup, you don't want to risk not taking your chance and that going back to four and four, three on three or a shootout because you know you that you back MK with their speed and their skill in that. Um, I mean seen some videos of various player MK players taking penalty shots the last couple of weeks and my god they're good at them. Well you just gotta look at Liam Stewart in the first period. Yeah Liam Stewart in the first period also Tim Wallace against Bristol what a filthy penalty shot that was a couple of weeks ago. And yeah so you, we had to bury that chance, and yeah, we, it was exactly the right play. You know, move the puck wide. Colby's shot gets kind of half blocked, but right into the path of the guy coming through through the front of the net in Malazinski, and yeah, buries his chance. And yeah, like I say, just a really grinding, battling win, and the sort of win that we ha- maybe haven't had this year up until up until then. Yeah, against MK at home was similar, but we were the better team that night comfortably. This was the first time I think we've really won a game where we've been really on the back foot for long periods of the game. No, I completely agree. And then, of course, we went into... um, After that game, we went into Sunday against... Oh, no, wait. Yeah, the the Bristol game didn't happen, did it? Yeah, Bristol game didn't happen. Um, Yeah. Southwest is still blue by default. Yeah, that was a a really poor joke. Obviously, yeah, it was announced earlier that weekend, but the... uh, Due to uh, ice issues at the Better Link Centre, there would be no home game. So uh, we roll straight through to Wednesday. And the microphone is yours. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know the result by now of that one. Um, I was there. Um, <laughs> I was there. And to be fair, we had a for, a, for a Wednesday night, it was a reasonable travelling following, I thought. Um yeah, you obviously Ben wasn't there due to other commitments which were far more important in his personal life, which is you know, friends' weddings. Congrats, Jake. Important. I know you do listen sometimes, so I am gonna say congrats, just in case you're still sticking with yes. it. Absolutely. Congratulations, Jake. So yeah, I mean, and for the first five, ten minutes, it was going really well. Yeah, the cats got a um two goal lead early, Colby Tower and Russ Cowley. That line has been really, really consistent the last few weeks. And yeah, um, that's been been a real positive, even in a kind of uneven stretch for the Cats. But even in that first period, again, it felt like we were relying on Rennie a lot. He was pulling off some really big saves. And when Finley Howes and then Rick Plant kind of got, I wouldn't say lucky, but soft goals that kind of squeezed through him, you kind of thought, okay, it's two all at the end of the first, but we've ridden our luck there. We need to kind of be on it the second period. And yeah, we just weren't, 
we it was it was a poor it was a poor period it was a poorer kind of 10 15 minute spell as we've had all year kind of rivaling those games against Basingstoke um you concede take an early penalty you concede a power play goal then concede again shortly after take your time out then Aronell goes off with a injury and then you concede again on another you know poor penalty and it kind of just escalates from there um and then the seventh goal, well, the sixth goal was again just poor defensive coverage. And the seventh goal was a turnover on our own blue line. And you can't do that when you're turning it over to Vladimir Luka, who has Jason Silverthorne with him. That's not going to end well for you, at which point, you know, you make the net minding change and the game kind of, I wouldn't say peters out, but kind of settled down after that. Skinsey was pretty sharp in, in relief. Um, and yeah, I mean, the result stayed 7 2 for. 32 minutes of the game, I think. But yeah, you, you, we conceded yeah, five goals in an eight-minute spell in that second period. And you just can't do that anywhere against any team. It's just not. I, I don't I, I I don't like using this term, this phrase too much because I try to be kind of balanced, but it's just not good enough. It simply isn't good enough. And I saw, obviously, because you weren't there, Ben, there wasn't a post-match interview, but I did see some comments from Aaron Nell in, in the advert in the week where he kind of said, as a team, we've got to learn when to just settle a game down. And I think that was actually something that was really fair because we were in that position where at 4-2, if you just play five minutes and calm the game back down, like we did against Milton Keynes when we were 3-0 down, then that game might turn out very differently because we'd shown on that night we can we could have scored against Brad Day there, but you know instead we compound it with some more mistakes, some more penalties, and the game completely gets out of hand. But yeah, to concede, well, really six goals in nine minutes. If you can consider we conceded in the last minute, the first period as well, that's not good enough for any team in this league. That's not good enough. No, um, I think that's completely fair. Like I said, it's difficult because I obviously wasn't there and I haven't seen any of it. And I also went looking for highlights this week and I haven't found them. Yeah. So haven't been able to see a thing. Fair. Um, um, yeah, so it's I mean, difficult for me to add, but I mean, you yeah. are right. You can't go through spells in the National League or pretty much any league in British hockey, really. Um, where you do that, where you give up so many goals and such in, in a 10 minute window. And it can happen 50 times. You probably don't get to overtime in any of them. No, That's exactly. No, exactly. You know, you're not going to... We we all we talk about this game a lot. You don't see the Bracknell comeback from that game at the Link Centre very often. No, that was a... The reason we talk about it was it's such an unusual event to come back from seven goals down in a period. Yep. You can't you can't expect to win anything from 7-2 down. Um, and let's not take anything away from... Let's not take anything away from um, Telford. Like they were superb in that particular second period. Just how clinical they were, how how well they moved that puck on us. But you know, some of the mistakes, some of the poor defensive coverage around the net. It's the same things we were saying after that Bristol game. You know, leaving guys open in the slot not going to be a good idea. Particularly if that guy is Scott McKenzie, for example. We should have learned that from a few years ago. Exactly, we should know that by now. And yeah, it is. It's frustrating. It is frustrating because you've seen over those two games against MK what this team can do and what it's capable of. And then to kind of see the 
the the collapse, as it were, again, it is frustrating um, as a fan, and I'm sure as a player as well, and a coach for the boys out there, they know as well as the rest of us, they want to win those games. And yeah, it's frustrating. And there were positives, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, again, Colby was really, really good. I thought that line was really good. I thought Skinzy, as I say, came in and put in a really sharp performance, which I thought was, it was important because obviously he's had a bit of a tough start to the year. You know, his last couple of games haven't been the best um, of his career. So yeah, for him to come in and kind of have a, a period and a half of shutout hockey against a very good side who were absolutely in the ascendancy at that point is will be important for him. But yeah, overall, it just simply yeah was not a, a good enough night. And it's certainly, you don't want to see too many of those performances. And I've said, we've all said before, win or lose, you want the game to be competitive. And if the Cats aren't competitive, then that's that's not something that a team with this much quality should be you're going to have the occasional off night, but to you know have a game like that, not great. It's not. Um, and then we come to last Saturday, another, as it happens, one game weekend. Um, I can't wait for us to get some normality for the next few weeks. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, we've got three or four weeks now of just Saturday, Sunday hockey, and it's going to be lovely. Apart from the first one involves going to Holland on a Sunday, which is yeah, we're not already trained for that bus trip, but we'll come uh, on to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Saturday, Telford again. Obviously, I won't say there was an element of apprehension going into the game, but there were a few people I spoke to, again, arguably very similar conversations to what I had just before the Milton Keynes home game after being kind of destroyed by Bristol the night before of what's going to happen here then. And I actually remember saying to a couple of people, I feel like we'll win because that's kind of what we do. And um, that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. I, there were some jokes in the in the week about how the cats are just being wonderfully inconsistent so far. And yeah, you go having lost 7-2 to a team three days earlier, you play the same team and win 5-1. And make it look comfortable. And I'm make not... it look, yeah, pretty comfortable, you know. <laughs> I, I must admit, having not been in that rink on Wednesday night, I did watch that game on Saturday, kind of thinking to myself, how? Yeah. No, as, that... as, and I don't want to say Telford played awfully because they didn't and they did generate chances. I just didn't see that kind of cutting edge that scored nine goals in, what, sorry, seven, six goals in nine minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. I didn't it's... see that offence from Telford on Saturday. Oh. And even the goal they got had an element of fortune of it. You, they got the bounce to the guy who was open in the slot because the Cats D-men had gone to get the puck and it has bounced away from them. Yeah. And it was maybe not the best goal to concede, but, you know, Luke um, Thomas Byrne. Thomas I, Byrne I, yeah. I forgot the guy. I forgot his name. I, for some reason, I thought it was Lucas Price for a moment. No, Thomas he Byrne. The, he got the assist, I believe. Yeah. Sniped. A really good finish, actually. But yeah, it was. It was right, right in front of me. As I, was, I was ringside. It was right in front of me. And it was, you just like you said, there was a bad bounce off the board. It bobbled over the stick. And the guy is open in the slot and it, it kind of evened itself out because at the end of the first period it was 1-1 and Aaron's goal he scored wasn't fortunate in the sense that Aaronell does what Aaronell does you know if you give him a breakaway opportunity like that eight times out of ten he is going to go into a corner it was fortunate in the sense that Danny Rose blew a tyre twice on the same shift yeah. yeah and I mean Danny Rose he put in a man of the match performance on Wednesday, 
it was a, I mean he, he he I believe it was a Gordy Howe hat trick. Um, he definitely yeah. scored. He definitely had a fight. I think he got an assist. The fight, if you haven't if you haven't seen the video, it was the one thing we won on that evening. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, convincingly, convincingly. Um, yeah, he, he, big. Yeah, well done, Tyler. At least at least we won something on the Tuesday night, but yeah, or Wednesday night. Sorry, but um, yeah, no, it was there was an element of fortune that after Bally had missed a breakaway from Danny Rose blowing a tyre and falling over, Danny Rose blew a tyre and Aaron L was on the breakaway. And this time Aaron, Aaron wasn't going to let him let him off twice. I do. I, 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 I do selfishly kind of hard. wish they had both of those in the highlights because I, when I say he blew a tyre twice in the same shift, it was about 20 seconds apart from each other. And it almost felt like he fell over the same part of ice. Yeah, it did. It was that similar. <laughs> It, it did it did it was almost like you were watching the same segment on repeat yeah um but yeah and i mean i thought it was then i did feel like the game was fairly cagey but we would we were definitely the team creating the more chances but it was a cagey game and there was a moment in the second period where the game i wouldn't say turned but it could have turned where i think t- the tigers are on a power play um and the puck comes over to scott mckenzie who is about as wide open and Rennie is on the other side of the net trying to get across and the net is as wide open. And the put, the pass goes into Scott McKenzie's stick and um, skate and gets, you know, as he tries to control, he ends up kicking it down into the corner. And if that passes onto the stick, we know that's a one-timer in the top, into the back of the net and maybe from there Telford change that game. But they don't. And then a few minutes later, Aaron gets another breakaway, quite similar apart from the fact the defenseman does in his credit stay on his feet. But Aaron gets another breakaway from another very similar Thomas Malazinski pass, and it's another very similar finish. And then I think a couple of minutes later, really nice play by Colby to um to, give to set up Cowley. Time. And at 3-1, I didn't think the game was over, but it definitely felt we were in control, unlike unlike on Wednesday. Yeah, that was the big thing. I definitely felt like you said, Saturday night, I thought there was control in the way we played the game throughout the whole night. Uh, even in the first period, I know Aaron said to me in the post-match interview, it wasn't brilliant um, and it was a bit kind of scrappy, which I can kind of agree with. I didn't think it was a great period of hockey the first no. period Saturday night. No. Um, but I thought the second and third, third in particular, I thought was was perfect. The perfect execution of playing with a lead. That's yeah, how you just- play a hockey game. Yeah, it was controlled hockey. It was sensible hockey. You know, guys weren't getting stuck on long shifts. They were getting their changes. They were clearing the blue line. And yeah, it wasn't the, the two goals we scored in that period weren't pretty. You know, the first goal comes from just a battle behind the boards or behind on the boards behind the net. Yeah, and to be fair to Reed, he was the only guy in the rink I think that was still playing. It just felt yeah, like he was the only guy who knew where the puck was anyway. Yeah. Like the, the first thing, Brad Day and the Tigers didn't seem to know where the puck could come out when Floyd flicked that out from the boards and re-roofed it. And then the fifth goal was just a case of it's a four on four. Stevie Whitfield put a puck on that. And Chris yeah. Jones is there on the spot for the rebound. Yeah. You know, again, just a case of, you know, the old, the joke always always goes to the net and good things happen, but it was a case you of you were going to say that yeah. The, but it was it was a case of put the puck on net and and in that scenario when you're three goals up you don't want to make any mistakes and turn the puck over so you just get it on net and see what you can do yeah. and that's exactly what you know Wits didn't need to score there he just needed to keep the puck in the zone and 
if Brad Day catches that, we get another face-off and we've run another 10 seconds off the clock. Exactly that. Uh, exactly that. I thought it was... It was probably our... With the exception of maybe Sheffield away, which I know you didn't come to, it felt to me like our most controlled game of the year. Not necessarily yeah. our best game of the year um, or our most important game of the year, but I thought it was our most controlled. Um, again, with the exception of maybe Sheffield away because... Going into that barn and winning three 0 is um is never an an easy easy thing to do. Um, couple of other pointers I guess from that Saturday night. Um, big up to the charity jerseys. Yeah, I was slightly apprehensive about what they were going to look like in real person, in real person in real life. Yeah, um, in person. But you know what? I actually quite like them. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't too. They, they were nice. They I were thought nice. they were going to be a little bit more headache-inducing because there was just so much going on. But there is a lot actually, going on, but I actually like thought it. it worked quite well. Yeah, and I mean, I know everyone has their you know favorite special jerseys and whatnot, and you know we've all got the ones that we like. Yeah, like I know that I particularly like you know the there's a Halloween jersey from a few years ago, which was still probably my favorite Wildcats jersey uh, in terms of specials. Or the, yeah, the Santa who, as well, was a, an interesting one. But you know, the the important thing with a charity jersey is it is for charity, and it doesn't matter quite as much what they look like. But yeah, I actually thought, you know, they were pretty good, and yeah, hopefully they uh, they raise a lot of money. I know they're yeah, uh... actually that's the important thing. You want to we want them to make money. We want them to you know ultimately make the charity Julia's house, which is a you know really really good. Um, really, really good charity. Um, get that, you know, make make as much money for them as possible. So, yeah. and if fingers are, crossed. If you are interested in placing a bid on the auction, then head to the uh, the Wildcats website. They're they're all on there. Um, the other thing Slick. I was going to say, Slick. Yeah. Ah, smooth, <laughs> wasn't it? Smooth. You didn't know I had that one planned, did you? No. No, no, no very. I I could have said SwindonWildcats.com, but oh, oh dear, whoops, it happened. Um. No, the other thing I was going to say on a on a much more serious note, um, mm. Jamie Smith and Alf, uh, Alfie Drew in the lineup. Yeah, Jamie obviously played that first game against Hull. Um, but again, nice to see him back on the able to get back into the lineup, and he didn't play. Obviously, very different game for him. You know, one we had a full complement of D, so he wasn't filling into a slot. Um, and two, obviously, Telford, with all due respect to the whole team that came down to the link on opening night, Telford were a much different test. And yeah, Alfie Drew, a really, you know, we saw Alfie Drew play for the NIHL 2 Wildcats on the night where the um, Bees away game was postponed. And he scored a couple of goals there and looked really good. And we obviously, he's, I think he's only 16, but he's a well kind of regarded talent within the Swindon Junior setup and yeah again he only got a shift or two um towards the end of the game but it was just really nice to see you know another homegrown Swindon junior coming through the through the ranks and uh, particularly nice because his family sit in block A <laughs> so the cheer from Some of the words out of my mouth there. yeah I was gonna say the cheer from block A when um, he got on the ice for the first time that time managed to get you know put a hit in put himself around you know it was yeah nice to see and hopefully the first of many shifts in the Wildcats jersey fingers crossed although I do remember I think we both watched him when he played under 10s as well at one point yeah yeah a bit um 
makes you feel old, doesn't it? Now, like mm-hmm. when the juniors used to come through, it used to be exciting to see young players coming through. And now it's exciting to see young players through, but it's also slightly, slightly depressing when you remember that, that you, you knew them since they were in a knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. When you've uh, when you've been like close friends with some of their teammates and stuff, uh, or families of their teammates, and you've watched yeah. them before, you uh, you pick up on some names, and yeah, they, yeah, it does it does make you feel old. Yeah, um, and we're only going to feel older in the next few years. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks. Ever the cheery episode of the Wildcast. This one. Uh-huh. Um, Clocks have gone back. It's dark and it's dark at four o'clock in the evening now, so can't be cheery. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Although it doesn't feel like it because the temperatures are still stupidly high for this time of year. Hey, don't complain. Don't complain. Saves on the electricity bill. Very true. Very true. Um. I think that's it from the weekend, isn't it? In terms of Swindon. the Wildcats, yeah. yeah I, I don't think there's anything else to, to kind of talk about. So let's let's throw the microphone back your way and say, I know we had some midweek games, but if I'm being brutally honest with you, I can't remember when they were or who played what. So maybe we just look at the weekend. Yeah, um, I mean the midweek games. Sheffield played. Oh, Sheffield played Hull on the Andre Payet. Jersey retirement night. That's, that's I can't. I, I haven't got the stats in front of me, so I'm not going to talk about the game. But obviously. A big night in Sheffield, um, the retirement of the sadly passed um, Andre Payet's jersey, um, a legend of British hockey, and mm. you know one who will be sadly missed. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah, um, there was also a game between the Bison and the Pitbulls on the same night we played Telford, with the Pitbulls getting the win in Basingstoke. Again, not can't remember the numbers. Um, I don't have them in yes. front of me. But those were, that, was a, that was the midweek games. So we'll move straight into... The weekend so started on a, it was a three day weekend as it so often is in the national league these days um starting on the friday night with a game that i watched on the live stream because of our our good friend mr joe scutts on the commentary um actually his commentary a few seconds of which made it onto south today so he's now newsworthy he is newsworthy. Um, he's newsworthy but a game between the bees and the raiders unfortunately for the bees they didn't get the win at home um Matthew Gomacic, Adam Leishman with two, Adam Leishman with a hat-trick. Um, a couple of really nice goals from Leishman, actually. He looked really good um, there. Aaron Connolly and um, Aaron Connolly's goal, which was a bit of a disastrous defensive moment for the Bees, it had to be said. Um, and then two for Jake Sylvester. JJ Pitchley with a beauty for the, um, for the Bees, not necessarily the guy you'd expect to score a goal like that, but he it was a fantastic goal. I'm going to kind of interject. I don't want to be rude about the bees, and I, I really don't mean to be, but JJ scoring screamers, Alan Lack scoring screamers. I know. All I'm going to say is, if you want to go to a game and get a good goal, go to Slough. Go to Slough, yeah. They, like, they, the, the, you know, the results might not have gone their way this year, but they scored some really nice goals. Um, yeah, JJ Pitchley, Don Gabay, James Galazzi and New England with a goal that for some reason was controversial, but if you watch the re- replay, it was a proper bottle down finish from I don't see the controversy there. No, me um, either, to be fair. I it didn't know that it impacted the game, the result in the end, but yeah, ultimately that crossed the line. <laughs> if it pops the water bottle, that's good enough for me. Yep. Um so yeah, an eight-four win for the Raiders. Um like I say, not the best, not the best night for um, the bees there. Moving on to Saturday, and let's start with the big story from the National League this weekend, largely because it's the first on my list. 
the the Bristol Pitbulls and the whole Seahawks, and it is the first win for the Seahawks. They've We've said it. it's been coming. We've said it's been coming, and it does arrive on the road in Bristol. Um, the Southwest may be blue. Yorkshire was black and silver that night. Um, is it is the, is the Seahawks jersey silver and black? I'm going with silver and black. I'll take um, it. So I'm, I'm telling you now, they won because of that bus. There, that is a nice. If you haven't seen the whole bus, that is a nice bus. If it's got an Xbox on it, it's a nice bus. That is a that is a nice bus. Um, what, I want one like that. Um, Ed Bradley and Scott Jameson with goals in the first period actually gave the the Pitbulls a two 0 lead in this, um, which was pulled back to one just before the end of the first few. Alex Kent, and that's how the game stayed until fifty seven oh six when Owen Bruton um, pops up with an equaliser for. For the Seahawks, t- takes it to um, overtime, and in the shootout, it was the Seahawks captain Sam Towner and defenseman Tom Stubbley who found the net in the shootout. Best of five now, so you have to find shooters. Um, yeah, Towner and Stubbley get the goals, and the Seahawks get their first two points of the season. And I think everyone in the National League, apart from Pitbulls fans, cheered. Yeah, I think they did. In that scenario. Um, yeah, massive, massive win. Massive congratulations to Matthew Davis and that, that team. Like It's been so, so hard for them these first few weeks, couple of months of the season. I, I did see a um, tweet the Seahawks pull, put out of their WhatsApp group chat um, with um, messages of support from Emil Speck and Andre Tamar, among others, in there. Um, must have been an absolutely fantastic journey back. And just, yeah, a wonderful feeling for those boys who've battled through so much adversity the first few weeks. Um, 100%. And yeah, they've got that win. And yeah, obviously, it's still a long way to go for them. They've still got to get the imports over as at the time of recording. You know, they've still got guys out injured, but that's just a huge weight off your shoulders if you're Matty Davis to finally get that win because having been so close on a few occasions. Um, elsewhere, the Leeds Knights um, at home won. against the Sheffield Steel Dogs and they won in a shock. But they, but, it, but but the Steel Dogs took them to overtime. <laughs> they still won. They still won. Yeah, they did. Um, Leeds goals, uh, Lewis, Lewis Baldwin, Cole Shudra, Matt Hayward, Kieran Brown and Adam Barnes. A brace for Matt Bissonette, James Spur, uh, got a goal, Vlad Volkanovs and Lee Hayward. Um, both Hayward brothers getting on the score sheet in that one. For the Steel Dogs and then Brown with the overtime winner, a very Kieran Brown-esque goal. <laughs> Uh, the Steel Dogs come as close as anyone has to stopping the Knights' unbeaten run, but um, ultimately the Knights continue to roll. And that was, I think, 14 in a row. Which yeah, I mean, on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a bit. I, I, I'm just going to say one thing here because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it before I forget. Um, yeah, Leeds obviously keep winning, fantastic. Um, for the fans in the National League out there that are on Twitter, um, the Lamplighters. Um, at what point do you guys come up with a second lamp? Yeah. Like, yeah I was gonna say, should we just give Leeds one lamp and then have a, just let have them a torch have their or lamp. Like, or even if we go into next season, can we kind of agree they don't start with Leeds? Because they did this last year and they went on about a 15 game winning run. I appreciate that did change kind of around this time of year, but yeah. If I was the admin for lamplighters, I might be getting a little bit bored right now. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a bit. You know, and there's only two teams left to try and stop that as well. 
There's only two yeah. teams they haven't played yet either, and we're one. I was going so. to say, and we're usually pretty ropey when it comes to those lamp games. So <laughs> let's not tr- let's not put too much trust on us. All hope is with you, Bristol. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, maybe we should have like a maybe they should have like a torch, like a, a maybe a, we a, have a, a, yeah, a, a prize B. They get the lamp, and we have a bulb. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad shot. Right. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, sorry. The, the M3 Derby in Basingstoke and the Bees get the win after their after their tough loss on Friday night. Goal, a hat trick from Brendan Walkham and a goal from Alan Lack, um, enough to take them past the Bison, who get goals from George Norcliffe, Gael Labuele, and um, Zach Milton with a late one to kind of make it nervous for the Bees, but they hang on. That's a big win for them, you know. It's a huge win for the Bees. It's a huge win for the Bees. Um, you know, always good to beat your rivals. The Bison with a really tough week, which we'll kind of expand on in a minute with their Sunday game as well. But, you know, losing at home to the Pitbulls, losing at home to the Bees, not the best, not the best week for the Bison. Obviously, we know about us in Telford. So we finish um, the games on Saturday in Milton Keynes. Uh, the Lightning taking on the Phantoms and the Phantoms taking the 2-0 lead in this through Lucas Lagkowski and Corey McEwen before um, MK roar back through Lewis Christie, Tim Wallace um, with two in quick succession, Sean Norris, Ralph Sassenis with a goal that really shouldn't have been given. I don't know if you've seen the highlights from Milton Keynes yet. That hit the post. It did not go in. It did not go in. I appreciate it's tough. It's tough. You know, the referees don't don't get the the behind goal um, GoPro slow-mo footage that is zoomed in three times to make sure that you can definitely see the puck it's supposed but yeah that didn't cross the line unfortunately um, the referee in that one has got that one wrong but ultimately doesn't affect the game because Bobby Chamberlain seals it um, with five minutes to go like I say who'd be a ref that's tough <laughs> if you are interested uh, I believe there's a course coming up in Swindon in November yeah 20th November at the at the Better Link Centre um, I believe that the contact for that is Mr. Stephen Matthews. It is, yes. And I am quite enjoying the uh, all the world of British uh, ice hockey referees kind of plugging this at the moment. It is, uh, it's, it's entertaining. And before anyone asks, yes, I comment on officials. No, I can't skate. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, do you know what? I actually said a similar thing. I, um, uh, if I could skate, then uh, maybe I'd uh, go down. But and I feel there's an element of an eye test as well. And I can't see. Oh yeah, we both have glasses, so that probably yeah. won't work. We uh, so we'll move on to Sunday, and as I as I mentioned, the Bison had a tough week. Week got tougher on Sunday as they lose seven one to the Raiders in Romford. Not a not a good day to be a Bison fan. That one. Uh, Aaron Connolly, the former Bison captain, with two Brandon Aliff, two more for Adam Laysham as he has five and two over the weekend. Not bad for a third import. Tommy Huggett and Luke. Um, not Luke Ashley Jackson with the goals um, for for the Bison for the Raiders sorry for the Bison um, Ryan Sutton got the only goal of the night rough weekend for Basingstoke I know A brutal week isn't it that's going to be yeah they're going to be keen to bounce back I think they've got Romford again on um, Saturday night so in in Basingstoke so they will be desperate to get to get the win there um, Leeds the return against Sheffield. Interesting game, this one, <laughs> to say the least, as both Leeds imports get ejected. Eventful. <laughs> eventful. Both Leeds imports get ejected. Zach Brooks 
got a um, by all accounts suckered into a fight and dropped the gloves and was ejected for fighting. Um, then at the end of the second period, I don't know what for. Um, I'm going to put my neck on the line here. Yeah. And I don't know if I dreamt this or imagined it or misread a tweet because I yeah. haven't really been able to find it since. I'm sure I saw somewhere someone say both players got ejected for high sticks. I want to. I, I don't know what's happened. I there. would. I would love to see a footage yeah. of. Anyway, in any case, Lee Hayward of the Sheffield Steel Dogs and Grant Cooper of the um, Leeds Knights. Yes, that Grant Cooper. Um, both ejected with match penalties for high, potentially high sticking at forty minutes. Not sure what's happened there. Everything just sounds bizarre about that. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Um, to the delight of Milton Keynes fans who now hope that Grant Cooper might end up being suspended on some, on Saturday when they take on the Knights. Um, and who wouldn't, to be fair, that guy is good. Um, yeah, if, if those out there, the corn to elite prospects and look at his projected stats for this year. It's entertaining. Yeah. Um, in any case, the Knights, despite this, despite this, um, goals from Matt Haywood, Kieran Brown, Lewis Baldwin, and I'm going to say I can never remember which one. Carter Hamill? Carter is Leeds. Carter, Carter Hamill um, for, for the Knights. Vlad's Volkanovs was one for the Steel Dogs, but the Knights, despite the loss of two of both of their imports, continue their their winning streak. Who is going to stop them this year? I do They'll not do know. it again. They'll do it again. They'll do it again. Um, but yeah, the Knights extending their lead at the top of the table there for reasons that will become obvious in a moment. But first, we go to, uh, to the other side of Yorkshire, um, to the East Riding, to the most versatile arena. And unfortunately for the Seahawks, yes, they got their first win and they will be delighted by that. They do then get shut out on home ice by the Pitbulls. The goals from the Canadians, Alex Roberts with one, Owen Sobchak two, um, Will Curl in a 23 save shutout. A game for the purists, that one, because I'm all right in thinking there was one goal in each period. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Nice in that respect. Um, also also a very weird situa- incident late in the game where Luke Smithel, making his National League debut, pulled the netminder's helmet off and Julie got his face punched in by Tom Stubbley. Um, not really yeah. sure why you do that, but there we go. Way to make your mark on the league to um, the youngest of the Smittles. Yeah, bizarre. Very strange. Um, and then we move over to Peterborough and the Phantoms do return their favour on the Lightning with a 7-4 win. Two for Duncan Spears, one for Tom Norton, a muffin from Nathan Pollard, one for Brad Bowering, one for Jasper Foster and one for Lucas Sladkowski. Um, <laughs> and then for the... <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. I, 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 sure I, I was so going to mention that. If you hadn't laughed, if you hadn't laughed, I would have gotten away with it too. Um, Ed Nags, two for David Sarkanis and one for Sam Talbot for um, the Lightning. Seven-four win for the Phantoms there, as they move as they stay second in the table ahead of their um, local rivals. And then finally for the weekend, we end in Telford, and they take out their frustration somewhat after defeat on Saturday on the Bees. And oh dear, the bees after their you know tough loss on Friday, big win on Saturday, 
They ship double figures, unfortunately. Jason Silverthorne, a hat trick for Finley Howells, one for Vladimir Luca, one for Brody Jessen, one for Scott McKenzie, two for Lucas Price, one for Corey Goodison. The Bees' lone goal from Josh Martin. More injury problems for the Bees, by all accounts. Um, in that one, we've seen a picture of JJ Pitchley that you tweeted out. Um, looked quite nasty. The Tigers winning 10 1. That's 17 goals in two home games and three conceded for anyone who's counting. They're good on their own patch. Yeah. That was a uh, that was a rough one. Yeah, that was a not, real not, rough one. And I mean, you've got to feel bad for the Beast. Three and three nights with a bench that is really light on numbers at the moment. That is really, really tough. You can imagine there were some really, really battered and bruised and aching bodies by the end of that. Yeah, and it what was it Raiders, Bison, and Telford? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's no, there's no easy games in the National League, but that's that's tough. That is that's three that tough is, teams that to is, play. That is, a, that is a physical weekend, if nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of wounded bodies on that Monday. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Playing playing Leeds would be tough because they are super quick and they are super offensive, but. In terms of physicality, the Raiders and the Bison are probably up there, let alone the Tigers, who, like you said, 17 goals in two home games over the week. Yeah, like that. Is I can't believe you said the word muffin. I mean, do we want to quickly touch on that? I mean, yeah, I, that, that I was going to be my point, to be fair, for anyone who has been living under a rock. Um, public service announcement, if you put things up in away team locker rooms, uh, take them down when you leave. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, that not the best move. I mean, obviously, I would assume just forgotten. It happens. People do. You do leave things behind. You know, I've lost bits. I've left bits behind in, in Coventry hotel rooms, as you fool well know. <laughs> See, you were going to use that example. I was going to use that example of when we went to Manchester a few years ago and we left Stevie Whitfield at the services. Yeah, it's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, Stevie Whitfield running up the slip road from the way service station to catch the coach is one of the more amusing things I've ever seen on a road trip. Um, <laughs> along with along with the, along with that time in Sheffield where the where there was a um, chap walking, walking his cat. a cat. Yeah, that was up there. Um, that was entertaining as well, but um, yeah, like I say, the the lightning. Well, they left their scouting report on the um, on the Peter the Phantoms in the Peter the Phantoms away locker room, which then obviously found its way on social media. Social media, British in the world of British hockey, they don't let those things. They, they you know there was plenty of laughs on that one. I think even from Milton Keynes fans, in fairness, um, on kind of had to see the funny side there. But yeah, yeah. Apparently, you know, some of the descriptions. I'm not going. We're not going to go through it. Um, but some of those descriptions are quite entertaining. Worth having a look um, if you haven't already seen it. I'd be intrigued to know if if it's something that Milton Keynes continue to do going forward. <laughs> Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't tape them to the wall next time. Maybe that's an email that gets sent around the team on Friday. Yeah, practice. potentially. <laughs> PDF attachments, boys, is the way to go. Yeah, write it on a whiteboard and then wipe it off. Yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, that was ever so tongue in cheek from the Lightning. I. It's one of those things. I'm sure. I'm sure all teams do it as well. Team does a similar thing. It was. It was more the execution and. 
the fact that it was left behind. That, yeah, it's the fact that, that it's the like, fact it got into the public eye. In the fact yeah. that, I'm just, like as you say, there's eleven teams in the league, and probably all eleven do something similar yeah. in terms of having those sort of scouting reports. But yeah, it's just the fact that it's unfortunately for MK, it was their one that got exposed. And it was. We all get a good it, laugh out of it. It also probably doesn't help them in the sense that they lost the game as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it probably would have been one of those things if Milton Keynes destroyed them that night, it would look brilliant. Um, it just made it look ten times worse that they got beat. Yeah. But anyway, absolutely. Yeah. There's your context. Yes, yes. For anyone who didn't understand why we all got the giggles at that moment. <laughs> why I was absolutely broken on the podcast. That yeah. that was why. Um yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Have you got have you got a league table? Because let's face it, if you don't then why are we not on NHL stats but wordpress.com? Um because I was too busy talking about muffins. Okay, fair enough. Well I'll um I'll uh I'll ramble you fill on for twenty I'll, seconds. I'll fill whilst you load the uh the best website for, for National League. So and long, other, oh it's just stats, it just happens I'm on the wrong page. That's all. Here we go. So we do have a lead table. Um now I'm there. So the Leeds Knights, given they're unbeaten, they're unsurprisingly top of the table. Um 12 games, 12 wins. 24 points, 64 goals for, 30 goals against. Um, the Peterborough Phantoms are in second place. They're on 22 points from 14 games. They're only two points behind, but have played two games more. The Milton Keynes Lightning on 19 from 13. Then the Steel Dogs on 19 from 14. The Tigers, 16 from 15. The Raiders, 15 from 14. The Wildcats, 14 from 12. Obviously, the Cats um, have been hit by a couple of postponements there. And hence the fact they've only played 12 games. That's the other scary thing. Leeds haven't had games cancelled and they've still only played 12 games and they're still clear at the top. Um, the Bison have 10 points from 14 games in eighth. They're a point clear of the Bristol Pitbulls who have nine from 13. Then you have the Bees on seven and Hull off the mark with two points. Um, yeah, as I say, it may only be two points, but that's a massive two points. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's kind of... Again, we we can kind of digest the league table a little bit, but it is literally only just November as we record this. Yeah, and as long as you know, you've got there's Leeds are running away with it. Hull, obviously, for well populated reasons, are kind of stuck at the bottom at the moment, and everyone else in the middle just keeps beating each other. Yeah, that's the national league at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. In a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, any other pieces of news or things? I, mean, I guess we should just quickly preview the weekend. I mean, yeah, I was, I was going to oh, say well, yeah, before we moved on to that. Else? I don't think so. Not that, I mean, Hull signed Cal Beatty. Hull did sign Cal Beatty. To That's keep a good... it incredibly accurate and up to date I will pass on my condolences to the family of Brent Pope yes, who yes. Uh, British sadly passed legend has passed away this evening as we've yes. been recording this podcast yeah very sad news um, obviously well known uh, former player coach commentator yeah very sad yeah no absolutely um, I think that's about it yeah that's all I can think of in terms of kind of current News. Yeah. So this weekend, as we've just said, we are in November now, and somehow, I don't know how, 
And I asked you this at the weekend. And you know what I'm going to say. How have we not played the bees yet? I know. It feels like by now we should have played them at least four times because that's generally what happens. We have not even pre-season. I appreciate we were meant to have played the bees. Yes. And it didn't happen. Yes. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, it is the first time. It's a bit weird going into this time of year. And again, I'm going to say the same thing next weekend. Going into a game where we haven't already played a team. Yeah. Well, it's. I suppose the first thing is it's nice that there's a bit of variety in the league. We haven't really played anyone too 100%. much yet. It's nice. Um, but equally, yeah, it's weird to have not played our, you know, M4 rivals down the road. Admittedly, not our closest M4 rivals down the road anymore, but still our M4, M4 rivals M4 down the road in M4 South. East. M4 East rivalry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so M4, the, our M4 East rivals in, in the um, B's. Yeah, it's it's strange, but it's going to be a interesting game. Obviously, the bees' current issues are well well advertised. I suppose is the word. You know, we know they're short numbers um, and have been pretty much all year. You know, you know from injuries in preseason to Joe Bear, and you know, it's kind of just you know like a snowball really, just kind of rolled downhill a bit on them. Um, but we know they beat the Bison on. Saturday night, they're not going to roll over at all. And you know with a team like the Bees, they're going to be up for it. They're going to work hard. And we're going to have to be on that on our game to win. And we will be the favourites, you know, if nothing else, because we have the, you know, the bodies there. And, you know, that that does mean something at this level. But yeah, the Bees are, you know, they're going to be the plucky underdog, as it were, and they are going to battle and they are going to, you know, hit and fight and do everything they can to win and scrap away. And yeah, if you're not on it, if you, if you, if you go into the game thinking, Oh yeah, it's going to be an easy, easy win. Then that's when they, they'll get you. Yep. hundred um, percent. Like I said, I'm excited to see them. Obviously. Yeah. They do have the, the, the short bench, um, which again, we'll see on Saturday if they've had any guys back, if, if things are improving at all for them. Um, but they're they've just been thumped ten one on the road. They are uh, they're not going to want that to happen again. And not. you know, kind of beware the uh, the wounded animal to a point. And I believe they've got MK coming to Slough on Sunday as well. So you know, they're not going to want to go in off off a defeat because you know MK is going to be a tough one as well. So they're going to want a bit a bit of momentum. You're not going to want two heavy defeats in a row going into a game against the Lightning. So no, not at all. Yeah, they're going to be absolutely up for it. And then. Lastly, the um, feels like the longest bus trip in the world. It might as well be. Well, it's, the long, it's our longest bus trip of the season, if nothing else, as we go up the road to um, probably about as much as Leeds anyway. Yeah. Um, we head up to the east side of the Yorkshire. Tall. The most versatile arena. Yeah, the, the most versatile arena. Yeah, I've only ever seen one thing happen in there. Yeah, I know they have had boxing in there before. We've seen it on Sky, um, yeah, but but I don't really know other than ice hockey and boxing what yeah. goes on in that rink. I feel it's not that that versatile. If, if you no. just, I, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, quick. Someone call the Oxford English Dictionary. We've redefined the we've redefined versatile as two. Yeah, um, but, but anyway, it's versatile in the sense that we get chip spice. We do. We get chip spice. Um, it is a good it's always been a good trip um hull even though it's a long way um it's one of those places it's quite it's, it's a nice rink well 
it's a good ring to watch hockey in, I think. I, I enjoy it watching is, hockey is, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you enjoy watching hockey in hockey. It's um, a good atmosphere. It's it's usually a good game. Yeah. Um, we've had some mixed results up there over the years. Yeah. Some great games, and we've had some ones we definitely want to forget. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we don't have a clue what sort of team Hull are going to have. We don't know if they're going to have imports. We don't know if they're going to have guys back from injury. Yeah. Um, but again, they're going to battle. They haven't had that home win yet. It's you know they're going to know they're going to be coming up against a team who are going to have had a long road trip before on the on the way up. So you know they'll come out hard. They'll come out fast, and they'll try and you know get on top early. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to have to be watchful, particularly if obviously, obviously, particularly if you know in the next few days they get those visas through for Svek and Tamar. Obviously, that adds you know quality. I mean, that, if 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 that comes through by Sunday, that that changes the dynamic drastically. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not at the moment. As of you know Tuesday night, there's been no news. Um, but it's one of those things that even even if they're not there, we know it's going to be a tough game. You know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna want it. So yeah, we're gonna to have to be again again similarly 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 with the bees. We're just going to have to be at our best and, yeah, just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Play our own game and, you know, yeah. Worry about ourselves and see what happens is definitely my message for the weekend. Yeah, definitely. You know, ultimately, you've got to play your own game and get the job done. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, unless there's anything else, I'm just going to say to you, wrap it up like you normally do. Badly, then. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Turns out episode 57, we've been quite chirpy. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, so anyway, um, Saturday, uh, 5th of November, so the Cats, as we mentioned, home to the Bees. It's 6.30 face-off, as per usual. Streams, etc., etc., available at the Cats website. Also discounted tickets, too. Discounted, yes, discounted tickets are discounted. I can't remember nine ninety nine. Nine ninety something is it? Nine ninety nine in the balcony or seated and five pounds standing. Come along, come along and bring your friends. I guess is the is the answer to that one. Um, if you haven't yeah, got any friends, bring your family. Bring, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and then Sunday, the long journey to Yorkshire. The at the Hull Ice Arena or the Rose versus Hull venue, as we've as we've discussed, uh, five thirty face chirped. off. Pardon? As we've chirped, as we've chirped, yeah. <laughs> hey, it says it on the side of the rink. It's literally would, on the you know above what? the door. Forgive me for sounding like Kevin Keegan, but I would love it if we get up there and they've taken that down now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would not be so good. Um, Hull, Hull Seahawks win the Wildcats five thirty face off. They may have a stream. I know they were streaming this weekend without commentary as a test. So whether that's I think they do. So they may have a stream to purchase. Um, but in any case, 5:30 face off in Yorkshire. And then a really long journey home. Yeah. But we're both off work Monday morning, so all's good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um and yeah. that's that. That's the weekend. Yeah, that's that's the weekend. Um we'll be back next week, I'm sure. Um until then, Tom, thank you very much. And uh, enjoy the hockey.